Color Gap podcast is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Cold drops, flickering lights, and where's that leak coming from? If you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. So when I first started in HR, I somehow ended up in recruitment, truly by accidental happenstance, not something I actively sought out as a very proud introvert. And boy, did I learn a lot about what it was like to be on both ends of the job searching process. I discovered so many things about how undermined the recruitment function can really be, how few resources and are dedicated for companies to actually humanize the experience for job seekers. And the years that I spent in the recruitment space sparked a real passion project for me, a blog that was all about servicing the job seeker to help remove some of the mystery around the experience. And that all led me to here, pivoting a few times to finally land on this podcast to relay insight, advice, and what I call my unconventional career strategy for other racialized women. And in my brainstorming process for this particular episode, I came across an old blog post of mine that I thought I would resurrect, an open letter of sorts to job seekers to provide a real perspective and insight on what it's really like to be the recruiter and how to really master the game to connect with recruiters and almost master the job seeking process in meaningful ways. At the time, I was a tad frustrated with the hate rhetoric that, you know, still goes on that I saw all over LinkedIn about how awful recruiters were. So I really wanted to shed light and provide perspective on those recruiters that actually had integrity and good intentions, because not all of them do, but many of them do. To paint a picture of what we were up against and how to get inside the brain of a recruiter. So here it is, an open letter for job seekers from a now former recruiter, originally written and published by me in July 2014. So I love what I do for a living, and a big part of the motivation to get up day after day and put my heart and soul into my work is that I get to affect change in people's lives, the most fulfilling when I am able to help someone get closer to realizing their dreams. I think I speak for a lot of recruitment professionals when I say this and can say without a doubt, working within an in-house recruitment capacity means I don't do it for the money nor the glamour. I do it because I have this altruistic drive that makes me think I can make the world a better place through my life's work. So when I see the common rhetoric floating around LinkedIn these days that targets recruiters and stereotypical practices that job seekers deal with, it makes me cringe. It makes me recognize that perhaps us recruitment folk haven't painted a picture of what it's truly like to walk in our shoes. Now, before you jump the gun to assume that this will be a platform to whine and complain, recognize that I have been on both sides of the spectrum, a desperate job seeker who couldn't get a recruiter or a hiring manager to pay an ounce of attention to me. And now as a corporate recruiter in a position to influence and engage my business leaders to make choices on who to hire. 
trust when I say I get the position you, the job seeker, are in. And my only purpose here is to shed light on what it's really like in the recruiter seat to give you some valuable insight on what you as a job seeker can do to stand out for the right reasons. And I can tell you the best ones, the candidates that know their worth, who have done their homework, and the recruiters who give a crap are all after the same end result. You in a job that fulfills and motivates you to do your best work each and every day. However, the process for getting you there is never black and white. And it's full of a hundred moving parts that make the road oftentimes bumpy and uncomfortable at best. At worst, you walk away from your experience with a bad taste in your mouth, cursing the companies we represent and telling all of your friends about your bad experience never to apply again. As a recruiter, I'm a walking and talking advertisement for the company I represent. And it actually isn't in my best interest to piss you off or make you feel disrespected as as a job seeker. But there are some honest truths that need to be said in order for you to understand what I come across and why I may not always acknowledge you or go above and beyond to recognize your efforts. So first, I'm not a subject matter expert in everything. So I really do rely on you as a candidate to speak to me, sometimes in layman's terms, about your experiences and accomplishments. I know it's lame and perhaps shameful to admit, but it's the truth. I work in a myriad of disciplines from finance to procurement to engineering, and oftentimes I'm working on roles in all of those disciplines at once, all with tight deadlines and expectations from hiring managers to find what we call that quote unquote purple squirrel, the mythical perfect fit candidate. I'm switching gears all the time, and it's my job to know just enough to get me through a conversation with you and glean the necessary information I need to make a judgment call. It's not an excuse. It's simply a reality of the work that many recruiters are faced with. And it's immensely helpful and beneficial when you know your stuff, the ins and outs of your work and related accomplishments, and can explain it to me as if you were once explained it as a student of your discipline. Also, I am likely to see hundreds of applications from one role. And I love it when you find a way to help yourself stand out. So some of us have applicant tracking systems that automatically filter your resume based on keywords, namely because of this reason, volume. But there are a ton of systems out there and not all, in fact, most that I've ever worked with have never actually offered this solution. So the chances of losing your resume in the deep, dark, black ATS hole are not always actualized. However, if you apply only through the standard method alone, the chances that I'm going to see your resume from the 400 plus are small and based sometimes on luck alone. In order to help yourself stand out and help me do my job, it is highly beneficial that you reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect with me, and include an authentic and customized elevator pitch of sorts in your invite to me. Remember the what's in it for me factor and sell yourself in a brief and concise correspondence and I'm a hundred times more likely to notice and seek out your application. Third, I recognize that you are frustrated, perhaps at the end of your career search rope, but I don't wanna feel like I'm one of a hundred companies that you're targeting. Just as a job seeker, when you get one of those coveted LinkedIn emails from one of us recruitment folk and you wince when you realize it's a generic copy paste message that was likely sent to a hundred other folks, 
we in recruitment kind of feel the same way. Many companies nowadays recognize that attracting top talent is no easy feat. So they put a lot of time, effort, and dollars into crafting key messaging on employer branding and set up processes in such a way that they hope they are one of those that make it to the top employer list. So when you submit a resume that is generic or you don't have anything to say, when I get you on the phone and ask you, you know, what's piqued your interest to apply with us? It makes me think the company I represent is not special and all that work to beautify went to waste. I want you to engage with me in a meaningful way, just like you would want the same in return. Surface level reasons aside, applying for any and all jobs is a surefire way to find yourself looking for your next opportunity quickly after you start. So I want you to only pursue the opportunities that truly seem to align with your passions and values. And fourth, when I ask about salary expectations, I promise you I am not trying to trap you. I honestly have a budget to work with that is based on reliable compensation data, which isn't collected from midair. I have internal equity concerns to keep in mind, and I truly don't want to underpay you or make you take a drastic pay cut. I want you to progress in your career but I have all of the above noted factors to work with. So it's so super helpful for me when you're honest. Give me even a target range that you're aiming for at the very least. And I'm far more likely to put you forward than if you skirt the question altogether. There is nothing worse than getting to the last stages of the recruitment process only to realize that we simply can't afford to engage you further. And maybe the role isn't the right level of seniority for what you're seeking. And so being honest and straightforward about at least the range that you're looking for provides so much more transparency and clarity on both ends. Fifth, I want you to be an active and engaged LinkedIn user, even if you're not an active job seeker. So if you create a profile on LinkedIn and take the time to enter valuable information on your experiences in education, then I'm going to assume you're in a position to at least entertain a new opportunity. I ask you to not ignore my attempts to reach out to you, especially when I've done my job right and researched your background before approaching you. This isn't an online dating site and you aren't the hot young woman who gets bombarded with hundreds of messages a day from eager men. So when I approach you with an authentic and customized communication, I really ask that you take the time to say thanks, but no thanks if you aren't in a position to consider a move. At the end of the day, it opens up a dialogue that could be useful to you should you decide at a later date that you're ready to consider a move. And it's all about relationships and recruitment. And for all of us job seekers, it's always about closing that network gap and finding more people that are in your corner that will vouch for you and expel some sense of influence to get you in a position to have a conversation with those in decision-making positions. And sixth, nothing was worse to me at that time than a candidate who has no questions. So you wouldn't sit on a first date across from your potential love interest and have no desire to ask him or her the questions to determine if he or she is a fit for what you seek next, right? So why treat the job seeking process the same way? If I get you on the phone or you come in for an interview, chances are quite high that you've applied for a job where your experiences in education align with my hiring requirements. So please recognize that you do have power and you do have the right to ask me questions to 
truly understand whether the opportunity or the company are a right fit for where you are and what you value most in your experience at work. Ask me questions on what drew me to work for that company. What keeps me there? Ask me about the biggest pain points the role is looking to solve. Ask me about the hiring manager and his or her management style. Good questions demonstrate critical thinking on the part of you as the candidate and show me that you are interested in more than surface level first impressions and that you know you deserve to have exactly what you seek in your day-to-day experience at work. So now back to the year 2021, does the advice still stand today? Well, yes and no. So part of what I outlined back here in 2014 was about working within a system that is designed for efficiency first. I have a lot of evolved thoughts on changing said system and recognizing that for many of us, there are so many disadvantages in the ways uh, companies really approach recruitment, especially for racialized and Indigenous women and people. And we have to navigate through so much to enter and then thrive within these systems. You know, our circles of influence may not be strong or large enough to help us, quote unquote, game the system. Our names often speak for ourselves before we do. You know, we rarely see representation of ourselves in leadership and, you know, the list goes on. Yes, the advice provided here can help you get in, but what will help you thrive is really a shift in perspective to recognize almost what you're up against in workplaces where we may be welcome, but that are rarely designed with us in mind. And the rest of the episodes on the Color Gap podcast are chock full of insight and advice that can help you navigate beyond the job searching process. But I hope this throwback to 2014 gave you some food for thought, some inside information, and maybe some new perspective. A lot of the advice is somewhat timeless and evergreen. Things that really haven't changed in the job searching process really come down to relationships and customization and authenticity. That's about it. And before we end off today, I wanted to take a quick moment to just highlight one of the amazing podcasts that are part of the Alberta Podcast Network with me. If you know anything about me, you know that I absolutely love books. I'm such a learning nerd. And when I came across the Glass Book Shop, an independent bookstore located in Edmonton last year, I fell in love. Inclusivity, representation, and kindness simply ooze from their offerings and their presence online. And Glassbook Radio is the official podcast created and produced by the Glass Bookshop, where they interview their favorite writers, publishers, and readers. It is an absolute treat and a joy to listen to, and I can't recommend it enough. You can find out more about Glassbook Radio and other locally grown podcasts on albertapodcastnetwork.com. And if you haven't taken a moment, I would love for you to be part of the conversation with me for the long term. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Tune in every two weeks for new episodes and conversations. If you're so inclined, I would love for you to leave a review because it helps me so, so much. Or for you to connect with me to tell me how I can be of further service to you. My contact details are always left in the description box of each episode. And I am always so incredibly grateful for each of you coming along on the journey with me, for trusting me and giving me all of the space to be my authentic self. I can't wait for 
what comes next. And thank you for letting me go down a little bit of a journey and down memory lane with my post from 2014. I really hope that it gave you um, some perspective and some insights that will aid you as you maybe navigate a new job search process and hopefully get closer to a career to love.